Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang, Kane Gang, Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Kane Good morning, Radio World. This is your boy DC here on Slam Radio Channel 145, Sirius XM. It is your daily commute between 11 and 12 on the Kang Gang Show. As always, my co-host, the J-Man, is on the other end of the mic. J-Man, what to do, what to do? Oh, dude, we are doing good. We are uh, looking forward to tomorrow, man. We got college game day. It's not game in day. Miami. But we're a part of it. It is. Yeah, and, you know, uh, uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Since we had game day. Was was Notre Dame the last game day that we had? But it's been a while. <laughs> it has. But that, that went very well for us, though. You know, but but if you think about it, like, there really isn't any other options right now. So <laughs> I guess you have to take kind of what's given to you. Yeah. But uh, I'm definitely excited about tomorrow. But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, got a special guest today here on the Kane Gang Show. Um, somebody who, you know, again, it, it's crazy how you meet people through Twitter and social media and, and things like that and uh, stumble across this, uh, this, this, this gentleman and this scholar, um, you know, through Twitter and didn't really kind of understand the name, you know, his Twitter name at first, the Dirty Bird, the Dirty Bird, until I got to know him and kind of find out what the Dirty Bird was about. But, uh, yeah, man, we got a special guest, Ryan Pittman. Ryan, you, you there? Gentlemen, morning. How are you today? What's up, Ryan? You want to go by Dude. Ryan or you want to go by Dirty Bird? Whatever you want to call me, brother. <laughs> Jordan, what do you want to call him? I, dude, I love calling him the Dirty Bird. Especially because – Dirty, man. I, I love – so we got this group chat, and I, I love that any time, like, a fight comes up, Ryan always says something to the effect of, it's been a long time since the bird had to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> I just love it, man. You're dang right. Absolutely, man. So, so yeah, you're you're the dirty bird in my book, but but you know, Ryan's a great. So, J-Man. Yeah. J-Man, you said the last time that the Canes had college game day was actually the ACC championship game uh, when we were up in uh, in Charlotte. I don't remember that game at all. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> thing I don't either. <laughs> I choose to forget. <laughs> I actually do remember that game. I actually had a whole lot of pizzas ordered. My friends and I, we were in college. So, you know, um, we were going to watch all the games. We rented out this theater room in our apartment complex, had a whole bunch of pizzas. And, you know, the ACC game was like the early afternoon. And I got so upset that I like, I like pouted and just went home halfway through and threw all my pizza away. Like, more than half a pizza. Yeah. I was pissed, man. That that game yeah. sucked. That yeah, was rough, man. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. Can't stand it, man. Oh, but anyway, so we got we got a lot of Kane stuff to dig into. Um 
you know, it was uh, it was notable that that Christian Williams, the cornerback for the Miami Hurricanes, he entered the transfer portal, um, and it kind of I don't know. It brought to light a lot of uh, a lot of roster concerns that we've been seeing um, at the cornerback position. You know, since Trajan Bandy decided to declare for the draft. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely put us in a kind of a uh, you know kind of a kind of a tough spot and a scary spot when you look at numbers. But uh, you know, the, the the thing that I'm looking at and the silver lining of it is is that you know I really see that you know they're putting the pressure on and the pressure cooker is going on on, on, on yeah. Green Tree and you know Manny even mentioned that when we when we talked about uh, about Christian's departure and you know look I'm I'm never going to be one to, to to bash a kid on the on the way out right yeah. but uh, you know don't at be the afraid same time, you can bash him. Listen, you, <laughs> no, you know him. it's just not my style, man. I'll get into it with other fans, not players. (laughs) No, listen, I don't bash people at all. I mean, I had literally just had like an electrical like glitch at my whole house. Crazy. I went, I went, I went to a black hole. (laughs) Well, your hair's standing up now. (laughs) I literally went to the black hole. I'm like, where'd everybody go? Um, (laughs) You know, so touching on that topic about, about the transfer. um, Let me ask you a question, Ryan. Do you think it's, it's kind of a hindrance now with college football because these kids, com- you know, they, they commit to a school. They go to school for, man, half a year, year. Things don't work out. And all of a sudden they say, you know what? I'm just going to a different school. What's yeah. what, what, what your take on that? Well, you know what? I mean, I think, I think you know, just kind of twofold, right? I think these kids need to have the opportunity to kind of, kind of move around and, and control and, and, you know, have, have some, some control over their destiny. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the, the way this transfer portal works is that you can drop into it at any time. I mean, to me, there should be windows, you know, maybe two or three windows a year that, that, you know, these guys can jump into it to make sure that they're thinking through and, you know, coming out of camp, you know, it seems like that's always a time that, that people come in and, you know, um, you know, when the pressure gets hot, it's like, you know, it, it just lets some, some of these guys jump out and run away. Yeah. I like that idea because, you know, I, I, on occasion, I catch myself self being a little bit of a traditionalist, you know, thinking like, man, these kids made a commitment, they should stick it out. Um, but honestly, like, college players are closer to, to professional athletes than they are to amateur athletes um, in function, right? Um, like, these kids bring in so much money to the universities. I mean, the University of Iowa is now claiming that they might, like, go bankrupt because they're, they weren't going to be able to play a football season. Um, and they're not even paying these kids, right? So their financial stability for an academic institution relies on the backs of unpaid, unpaid players, uh, which is kind of but, but they are getting a premier education paid for by the university. Like, so this is where I disagree with you because you know what? College athletics is exactly that. It's amateur athletics. Like if you want to go pro, then – go to a different sport, like whether it's track or whether it's, you know, minor league baseball, whatever you want to do in order to get paid ahead of time. I get that. But to me, and I'm not a big proponent of the portal unless the season is over. Cause what you're doing is you're just making a bailout for these kids to say, you know what? I'm not getting PT. I'm just leaving. Let's take Lorenzo Lingard, for instance, right? Man wasn't getting no PT. Decided to go to Florida. Well, you're still fifth on the depth chart. So what good did it what you know what good did it do you to go into the portal? Some situations when you transfer and you go to a, a different school, you got to sit out at a whole year of eligibility. You got you wasted a year of eligibility. So I'm okay with the portal 
maybe if it's done at the end of the season, not mid-season. Yeah. That's my take Got to have some structure to it, right? So it can make sure that these guys are, are making informed uh, decisions, right? So they're, they are right. knee-jerk reactions when, you know, when coach yells at you or when you fall down on the depth chart, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we definitely have to get away from the knee-jerk reactions that it's causing right well, now. Well, the, the problem too now is when you go, like, let's go, let's talk about the, the upcoming game tomorrow night. Like, you're going against a Louisville team who threw for 350 yards last year. You know, when you look at their receiving core, you had two cats go for 110. Their best receiver went for 80 yards. Now you're throwing blades out there with Ivy, and then who's your backups? To Corey Couch, what are you doing with, you know, maybe you slide Keontre Smith over. Like, you know, I I don't know what you do at this point. But you're you're literally – Listen, Isaiah Dunson, you know, some of these kids are going to have to step up, man. But you know what? I've always been a proponent of, you know, it's, it's your time to shine. It's step up, ball out, and make a name for yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah. So well, that's how I feel. But you're literally going against a really good passing game from what I saw last week. And, and again, granted, it was only Western, uh, Western Kentucky, but at the same time, you still threw for 350. Yeah. And, and here's, here's my take. And this might be considered a hot take. Um, like there was horrible roster management when it comes to the cornerback position for the Miami Hurricanes. Don't, don't even bash my boy. I'm telling you. I, I won't don't say any names. Whoever is responsible, I'm not going – I don't know who was responsible, right? Because I know that the, the Canes – I think the whole defensive side of the ball, all the coaches are responsible. That's fine. But let's they, blame, let's, <laughs> that's let's fine. blame it on Manny, okay? It's Whether, Manny's – whether it was Manny, Manny or Blake Baker, well, he's, he hasn't been here long enough for it to be his fault, or Ephraim Banda or Mike Rump or whoever it was, they, they need to pinpoint how this happened, how this extreme irresponsibility, if that's a word, lack of responsibility in, in managing the cornerback position on our roster happened, and they need, like, we need to make changes. Whether that's a personnel change or whether it's an ideological change, like you can't go into a season where you only have six players at corner. I mean, you have to have at least two on the field all the time. So you can't only have six under scholarship and only three of them have ever touched the field for meaning, meaningful playing time. Like this can't happen. I mean, what, what if it was a guy that, like, what if it was to Corey couch that transferred? What if it was a guy that, that had experience? Like it, it's just, it's a mess. Corey couch had experience. <laughs> well, He's he's our third most experienced player at the position. Like he's the first off the bench. He's a true sophomore. Yeah, and he's the first off the bench though. Like he's he's one of our veterans at the position, and that's the problem here is that we should have always have seven to eight guys at the corner position on roster. And you know, if you look at the recruiting class, we can't get any help because we already have twenty one of twenty four spots filled up. And you know, like it's not like we have a whole bunch of cornerback talent. We have some projects coming in. And, uh, and well, then, really, your only, only two corner coming in is Tim Burns. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only corner. But, see, and this is where, I again, I don't know who to blame because at some point you have to look at position of needs. You had to know going into this season you only had five corners. Why aren't you going out there and making a push, whether it was through, okay, the portal, whether it was JUCO? You really have to look at position of needs. And kind of go there. You got five quarterbacks on your team right now. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know. How many do we have? Derek King, Tyler Van Dyke, Cozy Perry, 
Uh, Ryan Rizek, Peyton Machoda, Tate Martell. You have six quarterbacks. Can Tate play corner? Can you move him to corner? He actually might be able to. (laughs) Who knows? He said that in the group chat, man. That's a Tate for cornerback, man. Oh, my goodness. You you know, one one could argue, though, right, that that really every team – I mean, if you you look like Clemson, I think Clemson's super thin at wide receiver right now, right? Like, it's just kind of the way way it crumbles sometimes, right? Okay, Ryan, let let me stop you right there, though. I would still take their receiving core over ours. <laughs> I'd probably take their receivers to play DB here, man. Come on. As limited as the receiving core is, give me those guys. <laughs> yeah. It, so go ahead. Go ahead. What you're saying? Yeah. No. Just, just that. You know. I mean, look. look I think. You know. You look at any point in, in in our in our history, right? We've always had at least every every year you go and you have at least one position that's thin, right? And you know, this yeah. this Williams transfer, you know, it's it definitely wasn't ideal, but. You know, we're going to battle through. We're going to overcome it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, Co, it's, it's, it's next man up, right? You know, yeah. Get one of these freshmen an opportunity. You know, I know Marcus Clark had a couple of uh, interceptions in the scrimmage games that we had going yeah. in, right? You know, so, I mean, these, these, these guys are ready. And, you know, um, you know, if Williams yeah. wasn't ready to seize the opportunity, then, uh, you know, next man up. You want to know Listen, what is, is, like, the biggest ahead, red flag for me at the position, though, is, like – I, I don't want to bash on a kid. I don't. I hate calling people out by name, but you kind of need to when you're assessing games, right? Is is DJ Ivy did not have the strongest performance against UAB. Um, you know, blown coverage multiple times, wasn't even turning his head around. Um, and the thing is, like, we're going into practice this week, and what the coaches are saying about DJ Ivy is that he's still competing for a spot. And so if you have that kind of performance and then you go to green tree and it's like, well, we still think he might be the best guy and he was horrible against lesser competition, then you got a problem. Yep. You know, but in, in fairness, the time that, uh, that Williams uh, was in <laughs> against you. I didn't look any better. I didn't, no, I didn't look any better. Well, I was watching good. it on TV and you couldn't even see him. <laughs> I'm dead serious. But, you know, I still think that – I still think you have to – like, you get better by repetition, right? And whether or not it's in the practice field, whether or not it's yeah. in, the, in the film room, whether or not it's in actual game, game, you know, mode, like, you have to get better. Yeah. And if you're not getting better, do you put the blame on the coach or do you put the blame on the individual? Because a coach can only coach you and tell you to do something yeah. so many times, right? It's like when yeah. I was in school, like, my teacher, like, math. Two plus two is five. No, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's up to me to understand that. The coach, you know, your teachers and your coaches can only instruct so much. And you're at a point and you're, you're a collegiate athlete. You should know what you should be doing, you know? I mean, are you afraid of getting beat? Are you afraid of, you know, messing up? Those are the things that I look at and say, do I fault the individual or do I fault the coach? And I can't fault the coach. Yeah. Well, I can't. I- I, I think there's – I think context is important, first of all. I think there's different situations where you could go either way. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I just I, – I can't help but put some on the coaching staff because our recruiting has been so poor at the cornerback position and because, like, the, the rosters just hasn't been managed very well. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to give some blame to the coaching staff, but – but you're right. The well, players- I think that starts at the top now. So yeah. what you just said there, as as far as depth, I think that that goes back to your head coach because okay. I firmly believe your your head coach needs to know 
every single position on your team, whether or not it's offense, defense, special teams, he needs to know numbers. He needs to know who's going out and who needs to be targeted as far as recruiting wise. And then I think it's up to your, your assistant coaches to go out there and try to close the deal. But your head coach, I think all that starts with your head coach. Okay. Well, I mean, fair enough, man. Like I, I don't, I'm not going to disagree with you too much there. So. I don't know. I think we're coming up against a break here on the uh, Kang Gang show. Um, when we come back, I really would like to dial in and talk about our opponent tomorrow night okay. and kind of like see what we're thinking. Like, what, what do you think we're going to do on offense? Um, Cause again, you know, last week against UAB, it was kind of, yeah, I feel like it was vanilla. So we're going to talk about that. Also, I had the opportunity. Ryan sat next behind me at the game. We gave you a couple little tidbits of what went down on the sidelines um, during the game. So, uh, Jordan, take us to break, and when we come back, uh, segment two here on the Kane Gang Show. All right. It's your lunch hour, and you're listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show on Slam Radio XM, Sirius XM Channel 145. We'll catch you guys in a second. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org, brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Chain Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And we're back here on the Kane Gang Show. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. It's your Friday morning. Let me tell you, man. I just had me a Subway sandwich, and I hate Subway. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Like, they give you no meat, all bread. Just telling you. <laughs> you ask a double meat, I think they actually give you double bread because, like, literally there's no meat on this sub. <laughs> I just, and, and I'm a sub guy. Like, I, yeah. I like subs. Like, I like I'm a sub, sub yeah. But I'm 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 partial to, to Publix. I like Publix. Okay. I like their 
buffalo chicken tender subs. The puff like, sub, dude. It's, I've, I mean, I've never had one because I'm out here in Utah. Really? But but it's uh, Utah, you have Publix in Utah? No, no, we don't. What do you uh, have? Kroger? I uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a different name here, but yeah, there's a there's Kroger, and then uh, there's there's a a local chain called the Harmons, which is probably the equivalent of Publix. You know, it's oh, like. Yeah, it's nicer upscale grocery. You know, I'm I'm a big fan. So, oh well, listen. I don't know. Did did you eat lunch yet today? Like, have you had lunch? No, I haven't yet. No, I, I haven't yet. It's it's only nine a.m. out here, man. Oh, that's right. You're in Utah. So, did you have breakfast? Did you have eggs Benedict? I don't eat breakfast. Actually, what, what do you, you know? eat breakfast? That's like <laughs> the best part of the day. Like, if I if I don't have breakfast, and literally my breakfast. So, do you guys have Seven Eleven out there? Yeah, yeah, we do. All right, so I had like so. All right, I probably shouldn't say this, but like normally, like in the mornings, like for breakfast, I get like a like a big gulp, you know, yeah. Dr Pepper. Yeah. I get a couple of taquitos. Stop breakfast, man. <laughs> <laughs> I get some Monterey Jack, some taco and cheese taquitos, and I'm ready to go, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. Uh, I'm on that. That's like a midday snack, man. That's not bro. I'm, I'm like expecting you to be like, oh, I get up and you know make two slices of toast and a couple of eggs yeah. and a couple of slices of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> You're over here with the Seven Eleven breakfast. Listen, I, I got I to get up and go. Yeah, my my breakfast is usually a uh, like a diet Mountain Dew, and then I hit the road, and then I don't. Okay, eat why even, okay, why even a diet? Let me just. What's the difference? Well, for like, me, honestly. well, there there is no difference. I mean, there's there's a lot less calories, but I don't think it's necessarily healthier. It's probably uh, the same amount of sugar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sugar replacement, but. I mean, for me specifically, I have stomach issues, and and the high fructose corn it's because syrup it's because, kills because it's a diet Mountain Dew. That's why you have stomach issues. <laughs> no, I have Crohn's disease. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you never know. It could have it could have been the diet soda. Trust me, man. So uh, so let's dial back into what we were talking about before. Like I'm I'm really really excited about the the game tomorrow night. Like I'm excited about the offense. I know last week against UAB, I feel like it was very vanilla. I felt like, you know what, they just took the ball, they ran, and they saw that the run game was working, so they decided, you know what, we'll just stick with the running game. You yep. know, you know the whole phrase, if it's not broke, don't fix. So, like, yep. like they saw that the old line was, you know, I would give the old line kind of a, a B plus, maybe a B minus. I thought they did really well. But you I, saw a lot of, a lot of opportunities for big-time plays. You saw a Knighton break. You saw a Cheney break. You obviously saw a Cam break. I want to know what they're going to do against a better opponent this week, whether or not, and I'm going to leave this up to you guys to talk about it, whether or not they open up the passing game a little bit more or do they keep doing a ground game? What do you guys think? So here's, here's something to watch for. Um, I actually, so I thought our run blocking was actually really good. Um, however, our pass blocking was not as improved as you'd think it would be. I mean, we gave up two sacks. Well, I mean, how many, how many uh, dropbacks did we even have? Probably only 25 the whole game. And uh, two of those were sacks. And then there was probably another two or three more that would have been sacks if it was any other quarterback besides Derek King. Um, so well, he I, only got one. Georgie got the other. Okay. And that was late in the game. So. Okay. But, but, I mean, you get my point, though, is, you know, Derek King by himself mitigated two sacks, at least. Um, so I actually don't think our pass blocking is as improved as it looked. Um, and I really think that, that can manifest itself. You know, we, we were talking about our struggles at corner. Say Louisville is able to, uh, you know, get some points on the board early. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on our offensive line to, to do some good pass blocking. Okay, Ryan, what's your take? 
you know, my favorite stat from that UAB game, two penalties on the offensive line, right? Yeah. That was, that was probably my biggest takeaway from there because that was such a pain point in past years for us. So, you know, you can, you can see the impact that, uh, that Garen Justice has had. And, you know, and of course, Rhett Lashley, um, you know, Cody, you mentioned the, the, the things that are happening on the sidelines. I mean, we were literally the, 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 well, the closest row we could have been with the, uh, with the distancing uh, behind the sidelines. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's a different feel on offense now, you know, right. Rhett Lashley. Uh, I mean, you know, if, if we weren't already, you know, elated with this guy being our OC, uh, I mean, he was up in every offensive <laughs> line person. He was up in the running backs. He was talking to the coaches. I mean, this dude was fired up on the sideline the entire game. Uh, so I think that had a lot to do with it, right? Our offensive coordinator is really plugged into these guys. And I'm sure that on the practice field, uh, it's, it's, it's been that same way, right? Um, you know, and, and I think he was just like, you know, if, you know, we're running the ball pretty much at will on these guys, right? Right. Might as well just keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, the, the passing plays, you know, King didn't see what, it, you know, what he liked. The pocket kind of collapsed and he, and, he, and he tucked the ball away and he, and he ran off with it, right? Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I saw everything I wanted to out of that UAB game, right? You know, we, we, we looked pretty well put together, especially, you know, for a team that's going through everything that we've been going through. Um, you know, with all this COVID stuff and the lack of practicing, the lack of spring practices, you know, we looked pretty well buttoned up for, you know, for a team, especially when we got into Saturday and we started, you know, watching every team took a slow start, except, except Pittsburgh, right? But they're playing, you know, And Clemson Clemson looked pretty well too. They Uh, looked kind of dialed in already. You know, one thing I took away from, and I had mentioned this on, on, on the show a couple weeks prior, like I was really interested to see how the old line kind of played. And then again, so if you look at how they played, obviously Corey Gaynor was named ACC Offensive Lineman of the Week. Like, when's the last time that happened? <laughs> oh, man. It, I, I mean, can't remember. You know I mean? So Probably again, been like 2014, honestly. You know, so again, you look, you look at something like that, and, you know, I think Justice and, you know, Rhett Lashley, they're already paying dividends to our players because other people are seeing what we saw you know, against UAB. Now, again, I think Louisville is going to be a tougher opponent. I think their defense is going to be a little tougher. Um, but, again, I think we come out and just – my personal opinion is now I think we open the playbook up to page two, three, and four yeah. and just kind of, you know, show what Lashley's capable of, of running here on offense. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that. Obviously, I don't want it to be a slugfest. Um, and I think our defense did play pretty well um, – and again, they went down 7-0, you know, came back and, you know, they ended up getting a late score at the end. But, you know, I think our defense did pretty well, you know, despite, again, like you just mentioned, literally three and a half weeks of practice, just getting, you know, everything rolling. It takes time to gel. That's why I think spring ball is so important. You know, one thing is, you know, with all these replays of games that we've been watching over the past, you know, five months with, uh, with the coronavirus stuff, you know, watching some of the old SMU games from last year and seeing how Lashley called incredibly creative plays, right? And, you know, just things that you're like, whoa, what the heck's happening? We didn't see any of that. And I think in this, uh, in this game tomorrow, uh, we're going to see tons of it, right? It's going to be, you know, the playbook's going to be open. I mean, we're going to be slinging the ball all over the place. Uh, I think this thing is going to be a, you know, just a Texas shootout, right? I mean, we're, you know, it's going to be looking like a big 12 game out there, you know, because both teams, the one thing that, that both teams have in common 
is that they've got some question marks in the secondary, right? And in that in that yeah. last level of the defense, <laughs> right? So, you know, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of big plays that happen. You know, I think we're going to get burned a couple times. We're going to be sitting there like, oh, my goodness. Um, this is know, where I feel I, our safeties I – think, I think this is where our safeties have a big-time advantage. Um, I think our safeties are, are – they're mature enough. They're upperclassmen. I think Bubba, Gervin, and Amari back there. Um, I think this is the time for them to break out and show what they're capable of doing. Again, if you got to play, if you have to, you know, slide your safety over and kind of help out whoever, like if you got to slide over and help on DJ, um, then you do it. You know what I mean? Like you have to take the precautions. If you have your weak link, you have to. It's like an offensive lineman, right? If you know your left tackle is getting beat you know, play after play after play, what do you do? You throw a tight end over there. You take your back, you chip. So I think on defense, if you're going to look at our secondary being, especially our corners being a little, like, sparse here, like, then throw a safety over the top and help. I mean, you have to do something. Hey, Jordan, so let, let, me, let me tell you about what went down on the sidelines during a UAB game. So – so there, there was somebody on the sidelines and just like kind of walking up and down the sidelines. Do you have any idea who it was? I don't know. I have no idea. It was the goat, bro. Like Ed Reed, like just the goat, like literally on the sidelines right in front of. So Maria and I were sitting in like the first row and then, and then Ryan E and, and Brad sat behind us. And uh, I literally, man, I, and I could be wrong, Ryan, but like, did I have you guys cracking up or what? Hundred percent, man. So, so let me let me tell you how this goes down first. So, so we're sitting there, right? It's the fourth quarter, and and Brad says says to Cody, he says, "Hey, man, that hat Ed Reed's wearing." He's like, "I really like that hat, man." He's like, "You think you can get that for me?" He goes like, Psh, "Of course I can." So this man calls down to the sideline, right? Literally sends a text message to, to one of the girls that he knows that's working on the sideline. She picks it. He's like, "Hey." check your phone. So she reaches in her, in her, in her pocket, pulls out her phone and, and it says something like, tell Ed Reed, I want that hat. Right. So, <laughs> so she's like, do you know him? And he's like, yeah, of course I know him. So she goes and taps Ed on the shoulder. Right. He's over there talking to Ed Hudak. Right. And, uh, and, and, and Ed looks right. He's like, well, you want this hat? And he goes like, yeah, man. And you know, Ed's like, Oh, you're going to be here next guy. And goes like, you know me, baby, I'm here every game, man. I'm always here. So he's like, all right, I got you next game. And we're over there. And I mean, like, E and Brad and myself are just, I mean, we're rolling laughing because it's just, it's typical go, right? He's, yeah. he's getting text messages. <laughs> he's getting text messages during the game of, of himself on ESPN showing off his new arm tattoo, right? And he's yeah. like, gang, oh, gang. guys, I'm on ESPN. Gang, <laughs> gang. Yeah. So it, 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 was, it was a great yeah. game. You know, and – you know, speaking of that game, I, I do want to give props out to the stadium for putting that thing together, man. I mean, oh, you know what, well, walking, walking into that stadium, um, you know, well, you know, it's not what we were used to. You know, it definitely looks like the, uh, you know, like a, a Super Bowl type venue, right? You know, and then you look and we see our uh, our friends to the north and, you know, nobody's wearing a, a mask and they're, you know, oh, 5,000 people on top of each other, you know. How right, so. Yeah, it just makes it feel good because, you know, I, I think all of us, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to, to make sure that we get a season in and we give these kids an opportunity yeah. to play. So, it was, it was, you know, just shout out to Hard Rock Stadium and the crew over there and, you know, the Canes football operations people for, uh, for making it happen and, and doing it the right way. Jordan, like when I tell you, like I had Ed Reed dancing on the sideline, bro. <laughs> oh, my word. Jordan, he's, like you have no oh, idea. Man. He's oh, not getting – 
You know, I want to hit on something too, though. You know, the the impact that Ed Reed has over there, and you know, um, there's a player, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name him, right? You know, because we've kind of had a, a little bit of a you know relationship with with one of these guys, and we're kind of walking, and you know, we're, we're kind of watching what's going on down there, and we see this player off to the side, right? Kind of, you know, kind of doing his, his own, own thing. What's that? Minding his own self business. Yeah, I mean, really, just you know, disconnected from the team, disconnected from what's going on looking up in the stands, looking everywhere but the game, right? You know, and, and Ed kind of – Ed sees this, right? And, I mean, look, that, that guy right there, I mean, you know, he picks up on everything, right? Yeah. So he kind of sees what's going on. And then you start to see, you know, it's about halfway through the fourth quarter, maybe early fourth quarter, starting to cut his tape off his fingers and, you know, do, doing some things that you're like, oh, man, he thinks he's not going in. And, you know, me, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've worked a little bit in the NFL a long time ago, right? And I, I kind of know the way these guys are. They see something like that, and they're not going to go and, and, and counsel you. They're going to go to the coach and tell them to put you in the game. And sure yeah. enough, I, I said to Brad and I said to E, I said, hey, they're going to put him in the game, and he's not going to be ready. And sure enough, it was like the last, last few plays, and that player got put in the game, and we're like, see, see? <laughs> but you know that's the kind of that's the kind of impact having having Ed on the sideline makes because he's gonna he's gonna pick up on those things the little things that are happening yeah. that uh, that need to happen you know and that, that that whole situation ended up with a good result when it's all said and done right uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely J man how we looking uh good man I, I mean I'm enjoying the show I'm enjoying our new time slot you know we we got kind of got used to that early afternoon and now we're at the lunch hour you know prime time. Good. You know what? I, don't, I don't like this BMT. I, I feel like I'm, I'm missing like half the B, most of the M and all of the T. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still talking about your sandwich? <laughs> Dude, it's horrible. Like literally, I feel like you're throwing away. I could have just went to McDonald's and got like, you know, like a daily double or like a double cheeseburger with no yeah. onions or something. That's what happens when you get, that's what happens when you get your lunch at 7-Eleven, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 7-Eleven really has, they have some like, their pizza's not bad, man. Like, you can get, like, two slices for, like, two bucks, man. It's not bad. Well, I'm, I'm with you on those little beef and cheese taquitos, though, man. Those things oh, are love it. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I wanted to touch on – let's – you know, we haven't talked in a few weeks. We haven't talked fantasy football in a few weeks. Listen, I don't want to talk fantasy because right now I'm actually playing against Ryan. Yeah. And last night, his boy Nick Chubb kind of spanked me for, like, 24 points. But now <laughs> yeah. we, we talk about fantasy. Well, so speaking of that, Jordan – if I'm yeah. not mistaken, you pretty much got it handed to you last week. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Michael Thomas was my wide receiver, and and uh, I mean, we're in a PPR league. He didn't even get the ball thrown to him very much, so oh, you know, that was kind of rough. And then uh, you know, I had some running back troubles, so I Join don't know, man. Yeah, I I don't know about um, how my team is doing this year, but um, you know, have you guys one one thing that's kind of bugging me this year is more teams are going to running back by committee. I hate that. Man. Yeah. In terms of yeah. fantasy football, like everyone's doing that, and it sucks. I mean, well, you know, I, I, I was, I was, well, see, I was fortunate. So I drafted like Dalvin Cook, Adam Jones. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones. You know, so my running backs are, are pretty good. I ended up picking up Ronald Jones, uh, yeah. the second as well. Um, but you know, I, I also have like Jordan Howard, which I thought he was going to be like the primary for the Dolphins, and yet they're using Gaskin, they're using Breda, like. Like, and again, you see this more often, like, again, even in Buffalo, you know, like, and now my biggest thing is if you look at uh, the Jets, guess who's starting this week for the New York Jets? Frankie football, father time. 
My goodness, Frank Gore Are is getting the start. That's for amazing. The New York Jets. That's wonderful, dude. I love Frank Gore. I wish he, I wish he was still in Buffalo. No, like no. <laughs> I think I think after the Jets, I think he signed in a one year deal with New England. So at least he played in all the AFC East teams. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where he's going next year. Yeah. Oh my word! But again, even look at New England, right? New England's got uh, Sony Michelle, James yeah. White. You know, some other guy like. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of a lot of teams are going running back by committee. Yeah. I just I think it saves their running backs, it saves it saves their legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can definitely when we come back on the next on the on the flip side, let's go ahead and just dial in for fantasy for a few minutes. And then I really want to talk something very, very important that happened last night in the NBA. Take us to break. Take us to break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about them three hundred five boys. That might be all right. All right, you guys are still listening to Kane Gang Radio on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel One Four Five. We will catch you in a few moments. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And for the final segment here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, I hope you guys have been enjoying your 11 to 12 
kind of morning commute, morning lunch hour, mid-lunch hour, mid-afternoon, whatever you want to call it. I know I've been enjoying it. We got our man J-Man over there. We got the Dirty Bird, Ryan, on the other line. We're just having a great, great time today here on Slam Radio Series XM Channel 145. Again, everything we talk about mostly is Canes football. Um, we do dial into a couple other things here and there. Obviously, we talked about fantasy football for about 20 seconds, and then we kind of like got off that topic. I do like fantasy. Um, I'm excited about some of the matchups I have coming up this week. But as we left the last segment, and I'm going to throw this out to Ryan before I get into J-Man, because J-Man is a Utah Jazz fan. So he literally is going to just kind of downplay everything I talk about, the Miami Heat. But Ryan, <laughs> 10 and 1, baby. 10 and 1 in the playoffs. What's your take on this 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 Miami Heat team right now? White hot, brother. White hot, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh it's amazing what they've what they've put together and you know, this team is is winning without, you know, running on the back of of one superstar. Uh, you know, everybody has a role, everybody plays their role, everybody's everybody's filling the stat sheet, everybody's hitting shots when they need to, right? So it's uh, you know, it's pretty amazing what they've uh, what they've been able to pull off here. Yeah, and well, what you get? Go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, let me interject for a moment, defend myself. I I actually am not surprised to see the Heat here. You know, I gave them a, I, I said I thought they had a realistic shot against Milwaukee, and and you know that happened, and I actually picked them in this Boston series. I actually thought they'd be handling Boston a little better. You know, I, I didn't think the first two games would be as close, um, but I love what Miami's doing. They're I love jumping on. Wagon. I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not on the bandwagon I'm I'm a longtime Goran Dragic fan and you know Jay Crowder when he played in Utah was just everyone loved him here yeah. um you know so they're they're my favorite team left uh, I know who doesn't not the people in Boston yeah well who cares about Boston I, I'm just say. saying <laughs> yeah Boston sports are the worst sports oh my well I think between them and the New York the New York uh fans it's it's horrible you know but if you look at what happened with the heat the last two games man they put themselves into this hole and next thing you know like like the game one i just like they had two of their lowest scoring outputs of the playoffs they had an 18 point quarter and then like a 16 point quarter but then yet they had almost like a 40 point quarter like but if you watch the game last night man they started off duncan robinson finally showed up last night after only having six points you know in the first game you know i think came through with like 18 last night but, man, his stroke was on. But some of the things that really still bother me is the lack of ball control. Um, again, you're coming down and just jacking threes up with 20 seconds on the shot clock. Like, I mean, again, you're in a tight game. Watch your possessions. And then I thought that turnover at the end of the game, when Hero got the when they got the offensive rebound and they got tipped to Hero, yeah. and you threw it to Butler and you dropped the ball. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, Did you guys see why jump- you the ball around? Did you see Jimmy uh, glare at Hero after that? But it was clearly Jimmy's fault. I didn't like. Oh, that. Jimmy definitely dropped the ball. Like you, I didn't you know. like that. Yeah, and and you know I'm up and down with Jimmy. I used to love Jimmy, and then he's had his issues. You know, I I still, I don't know. He's he's a tough cat to understand. But I mean, I don't like I don't like staring a rookie down after you make a mistake. You know. You know, but listen, Jimmy did play like his defensive in the fourth quarter. His defensive tenacity. Um, those couple like steals that he got, um, those are just pure hustle plays. Oh, he's and, a gamer. He's a gamer. I, uh, I, I do love Jimmy. You know, but at the end of the day, I still think this team revolves around Bam. 
Like yeah. Bam is like last night he just went stupid. Like it was just you know, and sometimes I feel like he let, let me ask you, like you guys are both like uh NBA people. Like, do you think sometimes he plays with a little bit of like hesitation? Like, cause so so Ryan, let me let me explain this to you. So Jordan thinks that Gobert <laughs> I knew it was coming destroy <laughs> Bam, right? And again, well, Gobert's been in the league for a little bit, you know, a little little while now. Bam's in the second year; he's still young. But I think the upside on Bam is so much higher. The ceiling is so much higher for Bam than it is for Gobert. Absolutely, 100%. I I even agree with that. What I mean, I Kelly's referencing. You know, this week I I got into <laughs> some beef with all of Heat Twitter. It seems like like thousands of people in my mentions telling me how dumb I am for saying that Gobert is better than Bam. What I was referring to is all of the Heat fans, which were extremely offended that Gobert got third-team All-NBA over Bam. And I'm saying that was the right call because Gobert had a better season and is a better player today. However, I'm only thing guys- that Gobert – hold on, Jordan. The only thing Gobert did better or has accomplished better than Bam was getting COVID first. <laughs> That's right. First well, player in the league. And being, you know, all NBA second team, all NBA third team twice, being an all-star, two-time defensive player of the year, you know, that type of stuff too. Well, that, since we're on that topic, let me let me ask you guys this. So the all NBA rookie team came out. Yeah. How is Kendrick Nunn ahead of Tyler Hero? I'm just asking. Can can you explain that to me? Beginning of the know. season? I don't know. I, I, I just I don't know. Like gotta be. I just it blew me away. Like I'm like, and, and listen, I like none. I think none is going to be a tremendous player. But you think he's better than Hero? Like I just yeah. But Tyler's making moves in the in the oh, playoffs. Here. Oh, already the right spot. There's been three times already this playoffs where I have tweeted like Tyler Hero is incredible, yep. and three separate times in three different games. And it's, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm watching every possession of Heat basketball in the playoffs either. Like, the dude, the dude is, I mean, his confidence is just ridiculous for a rookie. I, I can't yeah. even believe I it. Feel like Jack and Kareem, I well, still feel like Jack and I still feel like they jacked the ball up too quick. Well, yeah. last night he was one for eight from three-point range, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but here's what's amazing about that. He was one for eight. But the guy also pulled down nine boards from the guard right. position. Right. Yeah, you know, you look at that. I, I think him and Jimmy both on the guard position, they're not afraid to go up and crash the boards. And that's what I like about this whole team. Like, they all play cohesive, and they all play together. Now, yeah. there's still the, the big bad wolves of the West. You know, you got the Lakers. You got the Nuggets starting tonight. And I was talking to Jordan Ryan a little earlier. I really feel like Denver can literally play spoiler – with some mismatches, you know, again, you get, you know, Jokic out there and you put him out on the perimeter, like in Jordan mentioned, well, do you play LeBron on him or do you bring AD and put AD and take AD out of the middle? Like, so it's going to be an interesting matchup on what the Lakers decide to do with Denver. Yeah. Um, but I'm not counting Denver out. I'm not saying that they're going to win the series, but I think they make it a series. I think it might go six games. Um, I could be wrong. It could be over four. But I think Denver makes it a makes it a series. And the, the thing about it too is, it's in a bubble. There's no yeah. fans. 
right? So I think that literally neutralizes any type of home court advantage or, you know, things. Even though I think the refs are horrible, no matter how you watch the NBA, the refs are just garbage when they make foul calls. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. What's, what's your take on this about the Denver uh, Lakers uh, series? Well, you know, I'm looking for that thing. Obviously, I wanted to go seven, right? Um, you know, but I, I do want to play the Lakers, right? I, I do want it to be Heat Lakers in the in the finals, right? Because I want to, I want to, I want a shot at LeBron, right? Yeah. And here's here's the thing, and and I think that that LA team is very beatable. Same way that the Clippers just went down, because when you rely on two players and early two players alone, uh, you know, both those guys have to be on, and if they're not at any point, you know, if they if they you disappear for a half. That team's in trouble, right? Especially the further on that you get in the, uh, deeper into the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, I mean, you know, the, the the supporting cast around the Lakers, I mean, they sold everybody off for AD. I mean, you know, who's who's their their third best player? Rondo, maybe Kuzma. You know, to yeah. me, you know, I just I don't I don't see them being able to seal the deal all the way through. Yeah, you know, I I'm sorry, you're fine. I, I get what you're saying there, Ryan. I, one thing that I do want to point out with the Lakers, though, is, you know, they, they are full of veterans that are on the wrong side of the hill, the wrong side of their career, right? However, they have a lot of guys with NBA Finals experience, which is something the Heat don't have. You have Rajon Rondo, who has been in two NBA Finals series. You have Danny Green, who has played in every NBA Finals series since, like, 1996, it seems like. And, you know, LeBron James went nine years in a row or whatever. Um, I mean, you have these guys that have just been there. And, and so I, I think you won't see – I mean, I could be wrong in this. I don't think you'll see as many of the Lakers role players shrink in these big moments as a young team like the Heat. It's going to be tough for guys like Tyler Hero or Kendrick Nunn or uh, Duncan Robinson – you know, or even a guy like Jimmy Butler, he's never been there before. You know, Goran Dragic has never been this far before. Bam is, is really young. Um, so, I mean, these guys are going to have to figure out how to play on the biggest stage in the world on the fly because none of them have been there besides Udonis Haslam. But, I mean, he doesn't even but play. But the only difference – Well, Udonis, man. That's the only gator I like. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the only difference I feel like, you know, being on the big stage, quote unquote, is you're in a bubble. Yeah. Like, it's really no stage. So yeah. it's the same thing you've been doing for the past two months, same arena, same yeah. travel thing. You're not That's flying. So I feel like, and Ryan, you said this, like, you know, you're excited to see, you know, you want a shot at the Lakers. You know who else is probably excited and wants a shot at LeBron is Pat Riley. I think Pat Riley has done a phenomenal job putting this team together. And who knows what happens after the season? The free agent market is going to be so flooded and so open. Um, yeah. There's definitely room for another big time player. Like you can get Kawhi. Yeah. Like I mean, there's literally opportunities to move forward with this team. Yeah. And Pat Riley is a father for a reason. If if you guys want my take, I don't I don't think you guys are going to like it very much. Um, I, I don't see the Nuggets or the Heat or the Celtics on the same level as the Lakers. Um, and I, I think the Lakers win it all, and I think they only play 10 games or less from here on out. Um, so I, I really don't think either of these series are going to be close. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to say that to disrespect the Heat because I love that. Like, the Heat are playing the brand of basketball that I love to watch. 
Like I'm a huge basketball fan and Miami is playing Jordan kind of basketball and Jordan is in me, right? I love this kind of basketball. I love watching the heat. I'm cheering for them. I just, I don't know. I just don't see it guys. Well, when you, when you have players with the caliber of LeBron and AD, you know, and again, you bring in, you know, look at their big men, right? Like yeah. you got Dwight Howard, like you got, you got a lot of size, um, who's the other guy that he's got from Golden State a couple a uh, couple years back? JaVale um, McGee. Like, you definitely got size. Yeah. But the thing that they don't have is they don't have team chemistry. I don't yeah. feel like they play as a as a unit to where yeah. I feel like they play. Again, you were down 17 in the third. You yeah. literally went on a crazy run. And their defense, man, they're swarming. You know, yeah. I think it all is predicated on if, if it is the Heat and the Lakers. I'm just I'm, – I'm prefacing, yeah. like, if it is those. Yeah. How are the referees going to call the game? Uh, very that's, heavily that's, in LeBron's favor, I can tell you that right now. It's garbage. Yeah. I, I literally – and I think the NBA has to look at that. Man. So, I don't know. Moving forward, we'll just have to see on, on you know, what it does. Um, but I, I definitely think the Heat – I mean, in Europe, 2-0. I'm not saying that Boston can't come and win the next four. Um, yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. But – the Heat, man, the Heat right now, they're, they're balling, man. They're yeah. definitely balling. And, you they know, that, that train, like that Metro Rail is going right by the arena. So They are, man. Well, so we got about four minutes left. I want to talk about the NFL real quick. Um, just, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to. You want to talk about the game last night? You want to talk about the, the Ohio teams? Who, <laughs> no. Who no, 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 no. That game isn't worth our time. <laughs> and my boy I, I, Nick Chubb. My boy Nick Chubb who got 26.3 points against Co. But listen, it definitely was a good game. Okay. Yeah. So Jordan, real quick, 35-30, I mean, it was a good game. I think Joe yeah. Burrow, you see the potential yeah. that he has. Yeah. Um, he, had couple, he had a couple balls that were dropped. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so what do you want to talk about? In the so other? I want to talk about just from an overall league sense, I, I want to talk about teams that impressed you and teams that, that you think might be a little bit disappointing. So, I mean, let, let's do it quick because we got about three and a half minutes. Um, but teams I, that impressed I, I, yeah, yeah, just let's let's all kind of hit a few that impressed us and a few that didn't. All right, I'll give you my first one who impressed me. Yeah. New England Patriots, as much as I hate to say it. Okay. I think Cam Newton, literally, you look at what they lost in Tom Brady, right? Now, granted, they played the Dolphins, so it's to be, <laughs> you know. But Cam found his rhythm real early. If you watch Tampa Bay, the first drive, I'm like, oh, my good. Like, look at Tampa Bay, and then yep. you didn't see anything after that. But if you really had a look at teams, there were two teams I think stood out: Green Bay and Seattle. Okay, I agree with you there. Yep. I go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just looking through the, through the through the scores again, just to kind of refresh on this. And you know, Green Bay. I, you know, I took a flyer on Aaron Rodgers in another one of my leagues, and I mean, he was just on fire. Aaron Rodgers old, so that was great to see. Uh, you know, Jordan, this will this will please you to hear, but I, I was really impressed with what I saw out of the Bills. Granted, they were only playing the Jets, and the Jets yeah. are you know the, the Florida Four State balls. Seminoles. Yeah. Right now, and Horrible. yeah, they're, they're somewhat of a dumpster fire. Um, you know, uh, Redskins dug deep to beat the Eagles, right? I mean, I think you gotta, gotta kind of come back. Love that. Yeah. yeah, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> can I just touch on something real quick? On like, if you're DeAndre Swift, how do you drop the ball oh. in the NFL to lose that game? <laughs> I don't know if you're a rookie or not, but I'm did, just throwing it out there. Did you, see the on, did you see the look on Matthew Stafford's face when that happened? Oh. It looked like his soul left his body. Like, I, I think his NFL career, like, in, spiritually, his NFL career died, like, last Sunday. 
if DeAndre was, Swift makes that catch, I think the whole defensive side of the ball needs to go buy him whatever he wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? To bail them out for giving up that lead. But yeah, yeah that was just uh that was brutal. I will say one thing. Best team in the league was the Ravens. Agreed. Agreed. So, okay, so granted they played Cleveland. Yeah. So here's my hot take, and, and you know, I'm I'm biased, right? This is gonna be a little bit of a homer take. I actually so I thought the the best teams in the AFC were the Ravens and Chiefs. Best teams in the NFC, like you said, Co. I thought it was the Packers and Seahawks. Um, but my third best team in the AFC, I actually I love the Buffalo Bills, man. I was really happy to see Josh Allen. I mean, he threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. And then, uh, I mean, he is. That's remind me of Austin Pay. <laughs> I mean, they're that bad, bro. <laughs> I know, but dude, Josh Allen, I I love Josh Allen. You know what? what I love him. He choked. Well, I mean, he was young. It was only his second year. So look at Bam. Bam's in his second year, and look what he's doing. Going to the finals, baby. Let's go. But he's not putting the team on his back. It's Jimmy. (laughs) Okay, real quick. Before we get out of here, before we get out of here, let's predict the Miami-Louisville score. We forgot to do that. Uh, The Dirty Bird reminded me. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Um, All right, Dirty Bird, since you you announced it, like since you brought it up, give us your prediction, and I'll go last. All right, all right, all right. So here's the deal. It's going to be a shootout, right? And I think it's, I, I, you know what, I, I got respect for that team. I got respect for what they do on offense, right? I think it's going to be a close one, and it's going to be high scoring. So I've got Miami 45, Louisville 42, our boy Jose Borgales. Shout out to the Borgales family, those awesome, awesome people over there, right? Uh, but Jose is the difference in the game. We win by three. Okay. Uh, Jim. I actually, I, same idea, different score. I had 38-35 for the Canes with a Borregales last-second field goal. Love it. You guys just like on some type of different level, man. Yeah. I think Miami goes in and just spanks that. Boom! Team! <laughs> 42-21. Okay. Love it. Okay, well, you guys are listening to the Cane Gang Radio Show. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace! The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.